Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host, Mr. Jono Petrahilos, currently generates over a million dollars a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. Along with listening to our podcast, make sure to join the Course Creator Community Facebook group. It's one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the space. You'll find the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get to today's show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. Now, I know I say that about every guest every week, but this person actually is a rock star. She's got the statistics to bring it up. A little bit about this person. She runs uh, her business, Rebel's Guide to Project Management. As a result of that, she's put an online course together. She's had a very successful online course launch that she's going to tell us about. Uh, On top of that, that also led to her publishing a book and not self-publishing, publishing the traditional way, which is quite a hard thing to do. So very impressive. And that's opened all sorts of doors as well. So without further ado, let me introduce all the way from Surrey over there in the UK, the one and only Elizabeth Harron. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. No, thank you for coming on. I know it's 7am over there in the, the UK and you could have been anywhere and you've chosen to hang out with me and my listeners. So thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Elizabeth, I know I gave a little bit of, a, of an overview there. But I'd like to hear in a little bit more detail, what is it you actually do? Because there may be some of the listeners that are interested. So feel free to sell yourself. You're, you're allowed to do that. Um, and more <laughs> okay. importantly, I'd love to hear the story about how you went from doing what you were doing. Uh, how'd you put together the online course? Why'd you put it together? How did it go? And we'll get into all that, but give me the rundown. What is it you do? How did it start? Okay, what do I do and how did it start? Well, I started writing a long, long time ago, but I know you don't want to go back that far in history. Um, and I wrote, write about what I know. So as a project manager was my day job and I started creating a, a blog about project management and what it was like to do the job. And then um, I suppose I kind of fell into that kind of online blogging and influencer world that wasn't called that back then. And, you know, fast forward 15 years and as somebody who's trying to tap into what's new and what's relevant to people working with projects as their day job, whether they've got the job title of project manager or whether they're just um, somebody who does projects on the side of their day job, whether they're an entrepreneur who's trying to juggle several different initiatives to keep their business moving forward and, and lots of other roles these days have projects as part of what the people are expected to do. And um I was trying to stay up to date with what was going on and what I was thinking was missing for people who were in these jobs. And the biggest change I saw personally for myself when I came back to work after maternity leave and for a lot of the people that I mentor was having to do more projects. So mm-hmm. my personal journey was I started out managing one, maybe two slightly larger big projects. And that was my employment. And then I found myself juggling four or five, six smaller things that still needed to be managed, but nobody had ever taught me how to do that. Mm. And so I suppose the course idea came from this gap, which was how do I help people try and manage their time better and manage multiple projects? Because all if you pick up a book, The Dummy's Guide to Project Management, even some of the books I've written, it's all very much around here's how you do a project. You start at the beginning and you do some stuff in the middle and then you close it down. But who works like that? I mean, if you're 
you've got entrepreneur brain like me you've got a thousand things up in there and trying to hold them all straight was difficult so I saw that that might be something I could share with other people because I kind of figured it out for myself and the course came from there awesome tell me a little bit more about that kind of thing like where it came from there so you know you were you you already had a blog is that right yes awesome and you're, you're obviously writing about this topic and then you were like, all right, I've got to stay current. Okay, I see an opportunity here. I'm going to put a course together. How did that kind of work? Did you just do it? Did you do some research? Did you see what's out there? How did that kind of stuff work? I did do some research to see what was out there. And I can't say I was very impressed with other things on that topic. So yeah, that was okay. certainly one thing. Um, and then I looked at you know, what felt safe for me. What would be the easiest way to put something together that was sort of kind of low effort and able to give me some information so I put together a cohort of people who would work with me for six months which is very long and the current course Mm. doesn't look anything like this and we tackled one topic a month so it was taught live and then we had Q&A sessions and things like that so I can't remember how many people were in that cohort maybe 80 let's say something around that number not thousands and thousands Mm. Um, but we looked at how do you manage projects from a scheduling perspective what does your diary look like what does time management look like how do you keep all of the different names of the stakeholders straight and how do you you're just looking at all the different aspects of how do you manage projects which looked at one a month for six months and then it was done and the feedback from that was really good and I thought well maybe there is something here teaching it live over six months is was a slow entry and it meant Mm. I could create the material as I was going. So I hadn't got to have all the course created in advance, but it's not something that was very sustainable or repeatable Mm. (laughs) in that format. So then I I suppose it took about a year before I I thought, can I teach this live? So I then did a version where I compressed it and taught it live over a number of weeks. Um, So we had different people joining for that cohort. And then I thought, I really like this topic. I really think it's useful. And so the next evolution was I videoed all of the training. In fact, I did totally new training videos with PowerPoint slides, but much shorter because I think the way, and I'd I'd be interested in your view on this, actually, the the way online courses seem to be going is not hour long webinars anymore, Mm. but 10, 15 minutes of video. I'll I'll share my quick, what I'm seeing there, Elizabeth, people prefer it shorter. Like, Let's say we've got two courses that has the same outcome. My course is a five-hour course. Your course is a one-hour course. People would prefer yours. Even though it's shorter, You used to, the, the theory used to be, well, the more info, the better, right? Um, but that's changed a bit now because it's kind of like there's so much info out there. It's kind of like info is not the, the most valuable thing. It's like how can you teach someone that info in the shortest time possible so they don't have to flick through all these different things to find it. Exactly. And get the results because yeah. in, in my world, you know, project managers are busy people. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurs are busy people. PAs are busy people. Event planners are busy people. <laughs> None of these people, no one's got any time to invest. Well, oh, yeah, come on. Especially for a time management course, right? It's kind of I like, know. Come to my so time management yeah. course. Yeah. It's going to take six months. Yeah. Just, just no. <laughs> so, so I just cut down all course. the training. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know, if you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together, at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. And the other thing I did was I um, went for that recorded version was I created a five-step model because again, from a marketing perspective, back in the early 2000s, you didn't need to have anything kind of branded, but Mm -hmm. now everybody has their own signature model and their signature acronyms and things like that. So I put all of my materials with basically the same materials, just it called each module something different. Um, but into a five-step process. So that made the marketing much easier because I could sell on the basis that you were going to learn this five-step thing. Uh, So the short videos, the framework of the five steps, I recorded it all, I put it all up on the internet and was like, come buy my thing. Um, But I wanted to also make sure that we had the option for people to do that live interaction because I think Mm. from a course participant perspective I've always struggled to get through online courses because Mm. you have to make the time and you have to there's no accountability so for people who like that accountability we set up once a week Q&A calls which was brilliant for me because Mm. all I had to do was just show up and answer questions on what they'd learned that week so let's say on Monday they got an email saying this is the topic for the week to direct them to watch the videos and if they wanted to binge it all in the first weekend they absolutely could but if Mm. they wanted to sort of follow along with the cohort then they paid a bit extra for the privilege of coming to the um, live course so you had a sort of self-study option where people could just get the videos and binge it themselves great for people who are self-motivated but if you wanted a bit more accountability and someone to hold your hand through the materials then you could come to the 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 vip calls i was calling them once a week show up for that over five weeks um five or six weeks i think we threw in an extra one and then um you know you can be stepped through it and have somebody there to answer your questions so that was basically the model really it was the total evolution from a vague idea through to two different iterations of it to the version that we've settled on today well, I've got a couple questions there, but I'll also share because uh, I interview successful course creators on this all the time, right? And that's one of mm. the common threads I see. It's very rare that someone's just like, right, I'm going to put a hundred percent on demand course together, and it sells great off the start. Most people do what most people even start, and you probably did as well. Started kind of one on one in some setting. You, you yes. might have mentored, yeah, even if it's not online, maybe whatever in the workplace, you mentored people one on one. And then you're like, all right, this one-on-one stuff's easy. Now let me get a group of people, you know? All right, cool. Now I've mastered this group of people. Now I know all the questions. Now I can put the online course together. It's very hard to put together an online course if you haven't done that stuff beforehand, even if you're good at it. You know, like let's let's use an example of uh, maybe my background's in fitness. So that's a good one to use where it's like, I could be the fittest person in the world, right? But if I've never trained anyone else, it's all well and good that I can do the exercises, but if I haven't trained anyone else, I don't know what problems you're going to have. I'm, I'm not going to know how to best teach you how to do the exercises, right? 
But if I've taught someone one-on-one, okay, great. Now I know how people work. Now I can do it in groups. All right. Now in groups, I've seen it all. No matter what it is, I've seen it. You know, now I can get the online course thing together. So I think that's a a good um, tip for the listeners there. Now, you mentioned you got 80 people. Well, actually, and I'm guessing you that first one that you did for six months, that was a a charged thing as well, right? That wasn't a a free. Yeah, cool. Um, Okay. Now you got 80 people on that. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people listening to this being like, wow, 80 people. Did she have a huge following or um, let us know about that. How big was your following beforehand, before you put this course together? Um, My mailing list now is about 16,000 people and it's been hovering around that mark for years, actually. (laughs) So um, it probably was around, I don't know, between 12 and 14,000, something like that. So I would say, given the amount of conversions we got, that was quite low. And then, you know, I think we could have achieved the same results with a much smaller list. Mm. So I think the the list tip I have for the people listening is that I started out building my list with freebies. And I think over time, I've uh, attracted a lot of people who like freebies, but perhaps who are not able to invest in the products that I sell. So um, we clean the list on a regular basis. So anyone who stops sending, who stops opening messages and things every 18 months, two years or so, we do a re-engagement sequence. If they don't re-engage, they get deleted, which is why we kind of hover around this mark. We add loads of people and then people drop yep. off. And also because people's lives move on, don't they? Yep. Your employer might change or your life, your the way that you're running your business might change and just you get better at doing the the things that I teach you how to do. And then you don't need me to be there to hold your hand anymore. So it's totally fine. I don't mind unsubscribes and I don't mind the feeling of deleting 2000 people off my list, but they're not the right kind of people. So I'd say I did, I, I think in my digital world, that was a reasonable list of people to attract from. I don't think you need that in order to be successful as a course creator. Mm, there's some good things there so yeah with the email i agree 100 percent. i actually purge mine every month elizabeth really yeah well but i send a lot of emails right so i send two emails a week every week and i'm kind of like if you haven't opened you know my last 10 emails like are you ever opening you know um but that's only five weeks yeah yeah i know but But i feel like people could be on sabbatical for the summer (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But I just, um, I don't, I just don't, I, I, I don't care enough. I'm just like, look, I want people super engaged in my, in my yes, stuff. And good. also, I, I can al- see that. Also, I got a Facebook group as well. The Facebook group is kind of my major hub there as well. And I'm kind of like, right, if you're not opening my emails, that's fine. You're in the Facebook group anyway. You, you see my stuff there. Um, and also with me, the, the, the thing is like, I'm more of an open rate guy. And I'm just like, I don't really care how many people are on my list. I'll care how many, how many people are actually opening it. So it's kind of like, I'd prefer to have a smaller list with 20% open rate than a big list with 10% open rate. So that's a, another Absolutely. thing. Um, I want to touch on what you said. I think it's a very good point where the email list kind of depends if their buyers on that, on that email list. So in my business fitness education online, I've got, that's a, another business I've got. I built that business pretty much 100% paid ads selling a paid course. So the Facebook ad was basically like, hey, I've got, I'm summarizing and simplifying, but it was basically like, hey, I've got this course, it's 500 bucks, enter, enter your email in here if you want the details for it. So everyone that put their email in were people that were interested in buying. 
Now, that list is, I've just got a list of buyers. And in the industry, no one else, everyone comes to me in the industry, in the fitness industry in Australia. They're just like, John, I've got this course. Can you sell it? Because they just know I've got all, all the buyers on the list. So I think that's a, a good point. And mm-hmm. it's one that's not often taught. You know, I feel like what most of the gurus kind of teach is just like, hey, get a freebie and build your list. And I think that's exactly. got it. That, which is okay. You know, there's, sorry, I've interrupted you. Karen. No, no, you go. No, no, you go. I was just going to say yes, and and you will build your list, but you will build it not necessarily with your ideal customers. And so I do feel that I've fallen into that trap. And one of the things we did to correct that was to put a tripwire on the list so people can sign up for free templates. We've got actually really good free things. Um, The free things are really nice. But after that, then you've got the opportunity to buy a $9 even better thing and so hopefully the the tripwire starts to encourage people or to make people aware that there will be products that will be sold i'll go i'll tell you what i found as well right um people that buy that tripwire are more likely to buy the main course as well absolutely yes I, I, i did a webinar six months ago or something now and i had like a tripwire after the the thank you on the webinar which was registered for the webinar you know, hey, thanks, you're registered. By the way, check out this thing for 20 bucks or 50 bucks. I can't remember what it was. Um, and, you know, two or three people bought that. And then when I ran the webinar, those same two or three people were the two or three that, that bought the main thing. I thought it would rule them out. I was like, ah, oh, damn it, they've bought that. They're not going to buy the, the thing now. Yeah, I think there's people that are buyers and people that are not buyers, you know? So it's, it's a good point. And I think, I think for everyone listening to this, I guess what I'm saying here is I'm not saying don't do the freebie thing because that can be a good way to get started. Maybe you don't know, whatever, you know, you're just getting started, which is fine. Um, but just be aware of that is what I'd suggest. You know, if you're just giving out freebies to build it, you may get people that aren't necessarily um, mm. buyers. Now, And it's matching uh, that freebie to the thing that you want them to buy. Yeah. So free templates are hugely useful. But does that naturally segue into a course on managing multiple projects? I'm not mm. sure. Yep. So it's it's that journey, that customer journey of how do you push them through your ecosystem so that they eventually end up buying your high ticket offers. Bang on. And I'll go back to the fitness world as well, because we're famous for doing this in the fitness world, in gyms and that. There used to be all these competitions, you know, like, you know, um, enter your email in here and go into the draw to win a free iPad. It's kind of like, yeah, all right. Every idiot wants who a free wants, iPad. Who doesn't want a free iPad? Everyone. <laughs> it doesn't mean that the, the chances that they're also going to be a gym customer, gym. mind yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's a good point. So, uh, but question with that, Elizabeth, to build your list to, you know, 16,000 now, like, or even, even 12,000 back then, you're obviously doing some really good stuff um, to build it. Was that mainly from your blog or, or how did you build that list to, to that size? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Um, gosh loads of different ways we 
one thing is just having an email list for so many years over yeah. time people just f- yep. find you yep. having a website where there are call to actions so we're encouraging people to sign up yep. which is a blog post and then a call to action that directs them to the template that they need to use to do that particular thing that i've just taught them in the blog post then i've done joint webinars with other people in the industry i've done yep. joint webinars with, with suppliers um that kind of freebie webinar actually works really well as a list builder for me Mm. partly because in my you know from my professional project managers people who do it as a job lots of them are certified and they need professional development credits every year to keep their learning up to date so offering them something free that allows them to continue to do that and tick the box for their professional development is good um what else have we done and I email every week like I mean I don't do two emails like you I I think that's probably a bit much for for me to create and for them to receive yeah but I've emailed some people every day every week for years and sometimes it takes a long time for them to convert to bias because they need to be at the right point in their career where they find my resources would be more useful if they got the paid ones but sometimes you know sometimes, sometimes people join the list straight away and then buy straight away because I just happened to find them at the right place but like you I have a Facebook group I have a Facebook page I only started on Instagram last year I think so that's quite new to me um I'm more spending more time on LinkedIn now mm. which I never used to do so yeah. there's lots of I'm trying not to just have one way of collecting people on the list I'm trying to yeah. do lots of different things the moral I see there is you've always been building it feels like it's always been a god. So, right, I know I need to build my email list. How can I build it? All right, cool. Let me make sure I'm always doing something to build it there, which I think is important. And if you consistently do that, it's going to build over time. It's another good thing you said there as well, which was the professional development um, points. So I found that's the ticket. If you're listening to this and you can do that, because that's what I do in the fitness industry now, right? Most um, personal trainers are certified. They need to do a certain amount of CEC courses to keep their accreditation. That's what I do, the CEC courses. But I charge for it because they pay money you know, to, to, to get their points there. So I think anyone that's listening, if you can go down that vertical, you know, whether it's project managers, personal trainers, accountants, real estate agents, physical therapists, chiropractors, nutritionists, dietitians, like most of these people have it. And I, I found that's also a very successful uh, method as well. Like, let's say you're whatever, you're a, um, let's say you're a dietitian, right? Yeah, you can sell online diet programs to the, the general public, but it's a very tough market. There's so many people out there, right? If you can put something, or, or if you can put together something that other dietitians can buy, and you can essentially put together that one thing, it's a way easier sell because, you know, they're doing it for their career. They're probably more invested. They're going to get their PDP points or CPD points or whatever. So I think that's a good uh, market as well. So, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point, that? actually, because I also do online courses, but more like webinars that are taught and I charge for that. So while some of the things I've done in the past for list building have been free, in, in the last 18 months, I've been doing live webinars as a one-off or maybe one or two with a pack of resources. So come to the come to the training, be there an hour and a half, get your credential points and go away with uh, handouts and templates that will then allow you to put that into action back in the workplace the next day. So there's lots of different ways I think you can do online courses but in a sort of smart way. And then of course, then, then I've got an asset. I taught it live and now I sell the replay. Mm. So that's just a different, that's not the managing multiple projects course, but just different, a different way to look at what you can do. 
Yes, for sure. Now, tell me a little bit about the the course, Elizabeth. So, what platform do you use? Uh, how long is it? Is it more videos, text? Let us know a little bit about that. More from like, I, I know your users Thanks. probably don't uh, like just from a course creator side of things. So other people can be like, mm, oh, that definitely. platform's cool and, and whatever. Well, the tech stack has changed quite a lot over time. The very oh. first six month version was on WordPress with Wishlist Member gotcha. as the membership gate plugin content. Yep. Then I used Teachery for the next version. Okay. And I really liked Teachery, but they don't have a native way to have sort of a student dashboard where you can see all the different products. And because mm. I sell different webinars and, you know, over the years I've added a few other bits and different courses, I wanted the dashboard. So when Thrivecart Learn came out, oh. because I was already a Thrivecart customer, oh. I was like, yes, this is yeah. awesome. I have a student dashboard. It integrates with the uh, payment system. Yeah. I don't have to set up new Stripe connections and all this stuff. So the, the version it's on now it runs on Thrivecart Learn and I love it. The only downside I'm finding with that is that there's no search. So students oh, yeah. can't type in to say which of these modules, because the smaller the videos, the, the more modules there are, mm. the more lessons there are. Yeah, yeah. And people can't type in to say, oh, which lesson did she talk about the Pareto principle? Or which lesson did she talk about the helicopter project management? That there's, mm. They have to kind of rely on looking at the transcripts, which is something that Wishlist Member and WordPress mm. obviously have built in natively you can search put a search bar in wordpress and it will search all your content so that's great for looking at the transcripts so i haven't found a perfect platform yet mm. i'm open to suggestions if you or the listeners have anything that would do the search and have all the features that make it look like thrivecart learn with the dashboard yeah I... so but but i have to say thrivecart learn is a great starting platform it's really oh, easy yeah. to use and it's it, it's just revolutionized the way that i can present materials yeah i'll share a couple of things there i I'm not a big, I, I don't use the search function much, much. Um, so I, I can't give a suggestion there. There's one platform that everyone that comes on and uses it, he, he swears by, is Searchy. Have you heard about Searchy? I have heard of Searchy, yes. Okay. And I did, that's a really interesting point, actually. Thank you. It's like getting coaching because <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I did use it for a bit and then I found oh. my, on a membership site, Yeah. and I found my members weren't using it. And so we stopped. But actually, if search is my biggest problem now, because the feedback I'm getting from students is very much that they want to be able to search, because it comes back to what we were saying earlier about people mm. being time poor and they just want to go straight to the bit. Yep. Whether it's worth looking at searchy again. Mm. I, I haven't I'm used taking it, notes. but yeah, but everyone that that comes on swears by it. I um, so I've used them all right because I've been in the online game since 2014. The one, and it, it depends what stage you're at. This is the way I see it now. And I think um, this has kind of got nothing to do with your course, but I think it's good for the listeners and it's just a good conversation to, to have, right? So I think this is the way I break down the whole online course side of things. The first question you want to ask yourself is essentially, do I want to use a marketplace or do I want to not use a marketplace? Now, a lot of people see marketplace as the easy thing. Yeah, I'll put it on Udemy and it'll just sell itself and I don't need to do anything. It doesn't really work like that. Like platform like Udemy, yeah, there's a small minority of people that, that are very successful on there. But for most people, like I'm sure if you typed in project management in Udemy, there'd be hundreds of courses and you know they're sold for exactly. 10 bucks and you get 50% of it. Like I think Udemy, if you want to make- And people who've been on Udemy, 
sorry, yeah, no, people who've been on Udemy who jumped on early yep. have now got thousands of students and thousands of great reviews. And to come in as a as a provider now, yep. 10 years after that, I don't know when Udemy started, but you know, many years yep. after other people have already been making a name for themselves, it must be a really hard market to break into. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Bang on. Well, well, I'm on there and I make 20 bucks a month from it, you know, maybe 50 on a a good, I I do my other stuff (laughs) as well, but as a tester, I want to be like, I'm going to put it on there and see what happens, you know? So, you know, I mean, if you want to, and look, maybe if I pushed it, I can make a couple hundred bucks or something. So I think maybe, you know, if that's, if you're like, hey, I want to make a couple hundred bucks a month and do nothing. Great. You know, mute me. If you want to make any more than a hundred, couple hundred bucks a month, you're probably going to have to do it yourself. Right. The next question is then, do I self-host on my own website like Elizabeth did originally, or do I use a third party? Now, I think both of those can work depending on the person. I think the um, if you already have a website and you're pretty good with WordPress, I think there's an argument to host it on your own website. You kind of already got a website anyway. You know, the plugin's probably 100 bucks a year or something like that. You know how to do it. Okay, you know, I'm not going to argue too much if someone's going to do that. Um, there are a few down points I found what I did. And I'm interested to get your opinion as well. Um, but for the other side of things, if you don't have already have a website, and you're or you're not good with WordPress, then I wouldn't self-host it because there's too many things that can go wrong. And then you've got to set up your website, yada, yada, yada. So then we get to the, the self-hosting side of things, third party, sorry, we get to the third party LMS side of things. Now there's all these different options, Teachable, Teacher, Ethinkific, Kajabi, Thrivecart Learn, Uzenla, so many of them, right? I kind of separate them into two. There's either all-in-ones that do everything, like the, the emails, the sales pages, um, the course hosting, all that side of things. And then there's the ones that focus more just on the course hosting side of things, right? I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of the ones that focus just on the course hosting side of things because usually their sales pages are pretty crap. Their cards are pretty crap. You then need to get your own email market. ThriveCart's a bit of a different one. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, but if we're just going to simplify it, it's kind of like those things like Teachable and, and Thinkific, great to host your course on. Not really, really good experience for the students, but it's harder to sell on those kind of platforms there. If you do something like Newzendla or Kajabi, it's a little bit easier because everything's all in the one place there. Now, on that side of things, Kajabi is Kajabi is like the gold standard for online courses, but it's a little bit pricey. You're looking at minimum a hundred bucks a month for like three courses. If you like me and Elizabeth and we got a heap of them, you're paying 400 bucks a month with Kajabi. Now it's worth it. Don't get me wrong. I'd pay 400 bucks a month to Kajabi, um, but I've been doing this game a while. To someone starting off, 400 bucks a month is quite a lot, right? For that reason, for most people starting off, I recommend New Zenla because you can do everything on there for 70 bucks a month, right? Now, I've just recently moved moved some of my courses over to Thrivecart Learn 
for a couple different reasons. The one, the, the thing that Thrivecart does the best is the checkout carts. Like mm -hmm. they just make it so easy to sell. Um, and now that they've got the loan function as well, it's kind of like, it's so easy to sell. And then the, there's just, you give them access straight away. It's the one platform. Like it's really, really good for that. I like the course hosting side of things. The one thing Thrivecart, to my understanding, doesn't have is the email marketing side of things. So am I right in saying you you use Active Campaign? I use convert ConvertKit. Yeah, ConvertKit. And yeah. Thrivecart and Teachery and WordPress all integrate fine with ConvertKit. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that ConvertKit can do things beyond just selling the courses. Yeah. So I can have onboarding sequences. We can do that scrubbing of the email list. We can yep. do the re-engagement sequences and see all the statistics and open rates and all that. So ConvertKit's got, because I believe in email marketing as a way to yeah. have my land. I don't yep. want to be building my business on Facebook or LinkedIn or oh, no somebody way. else's platform. So I'm building it on ConvertKit, but hopefully but you can download you can export. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's lots of good things about email marketing and having something that's just dedicated for that. But mm -hmm. if you were starting out and you just wanted to do all the things in one place, then you're right. Thrivecart Learn would, would not give you that. It wouldn't give you the email marketing piece. The advantage of, I don't know what it's like now, but the advantage of Thrivecart Learn, the reason, the way they got me, it was a one-time fee. I paid like, exactly. Yes. I paid 500 bucks to get lifetime access to Thrivecart. I jumped on that. I still have to use this other platform, SamCart as well. I'm not sure if you're familiar with SamCart. It's like a rival to Thrivecart. I don't use it, but What's I it? have You've heard of, I'm yeah. an affiliate for people who do use SamCart. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I log into my <laughs> SamCart dashboard exactly. and see that so angle like, of it. Well, I'm paying about a hundred bucks a month for SamCart because I've got some subscriptions on there that are still there. So I still got to have it, you know, but I'm like, man, I wish I just got Thrive, Thrivecart from the start. You know, and I've been on SamCart for, 10 years you know like i've probably paid them, right up doesn't it i've paid them about ten thousand dollars i'd say you know when i could have just got thrivecart for 500 and then i think i paid an extra couple hundred bucks or something and got the the learn as well so it's like that's that's an advantage as well depending on where you are starting off if you've got no cash all right it might be better to start with the free version of new zealand and then the 50 buck a month one but if you got 500 bucks buy it once never have to worry about it again so it's a mm. it's a sweet oh no i thought of one other thing i don't like about learn though it doesn't have the What's native I, I need to put my videos on vimeo and then embed oh code yes there. you know i don't yes, like yes i do that yeah what what's your take i use vimeo as well yeah and just lift, load them all as unlisted and yeah. then copy and paste the tech in but to be honest i do that for hosting on wordpress as well i do oh, that for okay. hosting on other other things i do have a youtube channel so yep. i know you can put unlisted videos up on youtube yep. and then use use that without having to pay for a video hosting service but um i like the fact that vimeo gave me the option to color code the play button and things like that and it's uh. more customizable and less Add heavy than YouTube yeah. is, so that's, I went with that one. Well, that's why I did it. I originally had unlisted YouTube ones because what I like about using the native. So, say with New Zenla, you can just upload the the video straight away to New Zenla, right? And then that's right. all. You, someone can just watch the video. That's it, right? I then went and did some stuff on Thrivecart uh, Learn. I you know went on YouTube, got the embed video, 
but it's kind of like after the video, all the little boxes come up trying to send you to YouTube, exactly. you know, trying to get me to watch Beyonce videos and, you know, mm -hmm. martial arts videos. And I'm like, oh, that's not like... the impression that your customers want, yeah, is it? You don't exactly. want to give, send your customers off to watch cats and cucumbers or whatever. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, exactly. Or Minecraft. <laughs> Honestly, my, if it was on my channel, it would just be my kids' Minecraft videos. Like, yeah. oh no, it's another Minecraft. No, and I don't want my customers to have that experience. It needs to be a professional course with professional tech and i came to the conclusion that it was worth paying for video hosting so i didn't have yep. that low quality view of what i would perceive to be not the greatest um professionalism but if you what's the benefit then of being able to host natively because then you can't direct people direct to the video itself uh well a couple they things. have to so log in uh or more, more just like more just say from that side of things it's just the cash side of things it's like Let's say, mm. let's say you could just upload it straight straight to Thrivecart there. You're saving yourself, you know, how much is how much you're paying for Vimeo? Oh, when I started 20, it wasn't expensive, month, but now it's it, it's a couple of hundred a year at least. Yeah, something like that. You're essentially saving that. You know, like if you didn't have to put them on mm. video first and it just uploaded there, you know, just there. It's not a huge thing, but it's just say for someone starting off, it's just like, oh man, I've got Thrivecart for 500. Now I've got to get video Vimeo. Now I've got to get convert kit. You know, now I've got to get this other thing. It's just like the things can add up. That's that's why for a beginner, I'd recommend a Musenla just because it's kind of like there's a free version that's really good or for 70 or 60 bucks a month, you just get everything, you know? That's that's um, that there. But hey, uh, we're getting a bit short on time here, Elizabeth. So we'll start to wrap things up. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you here. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? Well, one of the things that I found was a great benefit of putting the course together was that it led me to writing my next book. So I wrote a book called Managing Multiple Projects, which was the same five steps as in the course, but with obviously a lot more words. And I had the opportunity to explain a lot more and share some student stories and things in there. So creating your online course doesn't have to be the end. You can use that material in other ways. And for me, because I think I'm a writer at heart, um, I put a book proposal together. I sent it off to a traditional publisher. They liked it. And the book came out a couple of months ago. Awesome. Congratulations. Let's give that a plug. And let, let's give a few different things a plug. Here. Let's give your book a plug. If someone wants to get better at project management, what's the name of the book? Where do they go? Uh, and then also if oh, someone I wants said that. Yeah, well, actually do it now and then I'll ask it the next question. So <laughs> okay. what's the name of the book? The book's and where do we called get Managing it? Multiple Projects. It's managing multiple projects, how project managers can balance priorities, manage expectations and increase productivity. But you can just type managing multiple projects into Amazon or your favorite bookstore um, or even go into a real bookstore if you want to support your independent publisher, your independent bookstores close to you and they'll be able to get you a copy. Awesome. I'll put the link in the show notes. So that's that. Yep. Thank I'll you. Put the link in no dramas. Um, if someone wants to follow you personally, where's your best, where's the platform of choice? Is it your Facebook group? You're on Instagram now? Both of them, anything else? I'm on all the places. I mean, LinkedIn is a great place to connect with, with me. We have a Facebook group called Project Management Cafe, which is a huge mix of people who want to be project managers or who are managing projects but don't have that project management job title, event planners, um, architects, all kinds of people in there. That's really, it's a really nice, friendly group, actually. And then I'm also on Instagram as Elizabeth.Harron, so you can find me there too. Awesome. All right, Elizabeth, um, thanks for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun. 
Hey, course creators, real quick before we get into today's episode, I've got a little favor to ask. As a lot of you are probably aware, one of my goals for this year is to get this, is to massively grow this podcast and get it to be one of the top ranking podcasts in the, the marketing space. Uh, to do that, what really helps is if I can generate as many uh, ratings as, as reviews as possible from listeners. So if you're a returning listener, if you could take a couple seconds and just give me a, a quick rating and review on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you listen to, that would be the world. That would mean the world to me. Anyway, let's get to today's show. <laughs> 